0: Hey everybody and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson. That's me. Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: I'm uh I'm all right. Feeling a little bit better today than
0: yesterday about
1: whether we'll have football or not. Again, it's a roller coaster. Literally literally my feelings change day to day just like everyone else's.
0: Well, uh your feelings may change based on this. The AP poll is out. Um we wanted to wait until it came out to, to put a podcast out today. And um, the interesting thing to me is they did not take into account the fact that uh, the Pac-12 and and the Big Ten and some other conferences will not be playing. Um, I'll go down the list. It's pretty boilerplate at the top. And then uh, when, when I get somewhere that's interesting to you, stop me, but uh, number one is Clemson with 38 votes. Uh, number two is Ohio State, Twenty-one votes. Again, I find that incredibly interesting because here's the thing: What if Clemson loses? Do you move Ohio State up to one? I mean, I I, I think you got to take them out. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Alabama is three with two votes. Uh, then Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU at six with one vote. LSU got a vote to uh, for the number one mm-hmm. team, and I guess I that's it. just. Somebody- Go ahead. i say I get it. Uh, I
1: I I wouldn't vote this way myself. But uh, I've always believed it's fair. It's a fair uh, point of view to say the national champion is the national champion until they lose. I mean, LSU's won 15 games in a row plus, and uh, they're the national champs. I mean, I I just think it's a fair way to look at it. Now, I wouldn't do that. I would vote Clemson number one. But I just think it's fair to look at
0: it that way. I understand. However, you know, each season stands on its own merit – and they are the national champions for last year. They are still mm-hmm. considered, you know, the, they are the reigning national champs. However, um, do, would I just make them number one, you know, considering all their losses? The hell, I wouldn't make them number six, which is where well, they are.
1: Well, then what you're saying is, and, and I don't disagree with this again. I'm doing the same thing. So what you're saying is the poll is not a representation of where all the teams are at. The poll is is a prediction the first polls are predict this is how i believe it will play out because i believe clemson is the best team even though no one has proved anything at all
0: yeah i i think that's the case and in fact i would i, I fluctuate on how to do this do you want to rank teams based on where you think they'll wind up because if you're going to do it that way what the hell does it really matter who you rank number 16 <laughs> um or do you rank it best on okay, these are the teams I think, based on the information I have that are these this is the order I think the teams are right this minute. That's how I would do it now i've 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 moved but the pendulum has swung back to that versus where I think they'll wind up at the end of the year No, makes sense um okay, so I'll keep going down the list. Penn State at seven uh Florida at eight. Oregon at nine. Again, Penn State and Oregon, obviously not playing this year. Notre Dame at 10, Auburn 11, uh, Wisconsin 12, A&M 13, Texas 14. That's got to piss off some Longhorn fans. Uh, Oklahoma State at 15 seems mighty high to me. 16 is Michigan, 17 USC, 18 North Carolina, 19 Minnesota. Hey, here's, a, here's my problem. Boy, North
1: Carolina's way up there for losing a lot of games. I mean, that's that's just a – that seems like almost a prediction based on how North Carolina has recruited its freshman class. <laughs> but well, Sam Howell is a good player. Sam Howell, It's also a Sam yeah. Howell thing. Quarterbacks dictate everything in this preseason poll. That's why Trevor Lawrence is number one and Justin Fields is number two and Mac Jones is number three
0: because he's not That's Trevor or Justin Fields. That's right. Um, Minnesota at 19 is a bit bothersome, not just because of the Big Ten not playing, but they just lost their best player. I mean, the Rashad Bateman yep. guy. He's opting out. I mean that that doesn't yep. count for shit.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I I agree that that's too high considering Bateman had opted out. Uh, another good player, though, a quarterback. Uh, you know, their 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 quarterback uh, was a Tanner Morgan, excellent, excellent player.
0: Uh, and then it gets kind of weird. 20 is Cincinnati. 21, UCF. 22, Utah. 23, Iowa State. 24, Iowa. Again, got to piss off Iowa fans. And 25 is Tennessee. Um, well, so, again, that. if I were doing this, uh, I'd take out at least seven or eight of the teams that are in here and just bump everybody up. I mean, I think that's the way you do it. Um You can only rank the teams that are playing, in my opinion. I I just didn't. I I
1: agree. I agree with that totally. I, I don't know why those teams were included, but it is my understanding, and correct me if you have a different one, it's my understanding that after they play games, those teams will be removed. That once games are played, they are taking them out. Anybody not playing is taken out after they start playing games. My question with that is, does that mean after the Central Arkansas Austin game or after the Labor Day weekend when really only a handful of Sun Belt teams are playing? I mean, when are they taking them out?
0: Yeah. I mean, why put them in? It just makes it, I guess, the only reason to put them in there if you're an AP voter, and maybe I would do this, maybe I would vote them in to sort of rub it in their face. Like, is it rub it in you, their you face? This is where you, want- you would be. Yeah.
1: Well, I think most of the writers, maybe I'm wrong and I'm overreacting like most people, <laughs> but it seems to me like most of the writers aren't punishing the Big Ten for not playing. They're punishing the SEC for playing. It's what it feels like to me, uh, yeah. reading, reading through the social medias. But here's, here's a, an, another larger point to me about, you know, and, and again, I'm excited about the poll. I have no big qualms with anything in the poll. That all sounds v- roughly, cor- roughly correct to me. But how about this thought? if you're taking out all the teams that aren't playing okay you got five power conferences two aren't playing you have five group of five conferences two aren't playing so basically 40 percent of the teams are out why are we having a top 25 when we don't have 130 teams 40 percent of the teams aren't playing seems to me you should have a top 15 because why have a top 25 that's practically half the teams i mean let's let's do a top 15 which actually would mean something as opposed to a top 25 when literally i mean how many teams are playing 70 at the most around 70 teams are playing and that's even including some belt and conference usa teams i mean uh i i think a top 15 sounds right to me
0: Yeah, it just it's it's just such a wacky year. I don't know why some people just can't adjust. I mean, I'm a traditionalist, but this year is is the outlier. And I mean, we we've talked about this ad nauseum. I think this year still counts. All everything still counts. Okay, but we can switch things up uh, for this year and just say, look, there's no sense in doing a top 25. Um. Because we really can't judge them against anything but the conference play anyway, because that's all anybody's playing for the most part. I mean, Clemson's playing Citadel, but who gives a shit? So, um, I think that uh, you you just – you mix it up this year and say, okay, we're going – instead of – a uh, tech with the top 25, to heck with the top 15. Let's do a top 10. You got – we got the top 10 teams. And it ought to be pretty clear who those are. Uh, this year? And also, what does it matter if somebody's ranked 25 this year? Because there probably not going to be enough bowl games for it to matter. We're probably only going to have the college football playoff, maybe uh, the the New Year's six bowls or something. I I don't know how that's going to work. But um, I I know some, I think one or two bowls have already called off this year. And so I think that uh, that's fine. Just say this year, we're not going to do a top 25. We're going to do it differently. Um, And that's fine. The only reason I think you do a top 25 (sighs) is for TV purposes so that they can say if right. Tennessee's playing Alabama, Alabama's playing the number 25 team in the country.
1: I agree that, uh, you know, and, and it, it recognizes more more teams. But, uh, like, you made a great point about the bowls. You know, the, the rule has been forever, you know, you got to be a 500 team or better to make a bowl. That is going to be impossible in a year that everybody's playing conference games. Right. I mean, the, the most teams won't have a winning record or a 500 record. Most teams won't. And uh, I think that's going to have to be adjusted, particularly when there's so many bowls. I mean, how many out of 70 teams are going to have winning records? I mean, at the most, what, 46? And and, and that's an overstatement. 46 means that's only 23 bowls. You know, so they have to adjust that and say, hey, this year a bowl can take anybody they freaking want. I mean, that's the only thing that's the only rule that makes sense to me this year is bulls can take anyone they want.
0: Another rule that makes sense to me is going to rockauto.com when you need some car parts. Go to rockauto.com, check out their vast line of car parts. All the parts your car will ever need. They say that in the jingle, and jingles they never lie, people. They never lie. So go check out rockauto dot com this r o c k a u t o dot com you can get oil there you can get uh windshield wipers rear view mirrors lights uh brake pads um johnson rods you know that the, i've i've only heard about that from Seinfeld i have no Seinfeld. idea if this part of a car <laughs> that is um, a
1: Seinfeld joke that uh, yeah. i remember well as well because I'm, I'm like the same guy you know like yeah mm-hmm.
0: pistons, uh chassis f- floor mats Whatever you want, go to rockauto.com. Spark plugs. A spark Spark plug plug. is a thing. Yeah, uh, radio dials. Do you still dial on a radio? I guess you do. Um, Steering wheels. Uh, Oh, yeah, you definitely need a steering wheel. If you
1: don't have a steering wheel, call Rock Auto, please.
0: Yeah, quickly, because don't go see them. You need to call them because (laughs) you can't drive there without a steering wheel. Um, You can get tires. You can get whatever at rockauto.com. Jimmy, um, I don't know if you saw the story, but there was uh, on Bama Online. And, you know, I'm trying to give Bama Online plenty of credit here because uh, I do like to go to their site. They've got some uh, pretty cool stuff over there. Uh, But they had uh, some of the wide receivers were sharing their thoughts on um, Mac Jones and on Bryce Young. Um, Obviously, uh, here's one of the quotes – I think mac Jones has taken uh more of a personal role that's from Jalen Waddle he's more confident he's really leading the team. he came in late last year it was more of a process of him getting better and more confident with offense now he's looking really really good um and I think you know I think waddle and Mac Jones certainly have a good chemistry i mean he he lit it up in the uh, in the iron Bowl if you i think he had a ninety some odd yard. Passing touchdown against one of the also-rans we played last year. Um, so, yeah, I think Mac, uh, uh, Waddle and Mac Jones certainly have a good chemistry. But uh, I, I just – I find that interesting. I'm, I'm glad – he also says Bryce is looking really good. He's learning. He learns quick and fast. He's really just showing his talent and what he can do right now. And then Devontae Smith said he's going to be a great quarterback with him not having a spring and just coming during the summer he learns quick i like what i'm seeing he's ready just the way he approaches the game and handles himself he's going to be a great quarterback now a lot of those are just cookie cutter quotes but um i the thing that i glean from all that is that waddle and mac jones i think mac waddle may favor mac a little bit what do you think well, it's important to these wide
1: receivers that they get thrown the ball and catch a lot of balls because uh, every ball they get is basically tape for the NFL to dissect. It's an audition. So, uh, you know, but I also think in these interviews, they're very careful not to pick sides or make news. I mean, I think that's the number one rule. I mean, I know that sometimes fans get a little bored with their quotes, but what's pounded into them over and over again by – the football program and the SID office hey, when you do these interviews, do not make news. Do not be tomorrow's headline. You know, do not make news. And if they were, you know, if you come out solidly and say, hey, I think Bryce should be the quarterback. I mean, that's gonna be the headline of the Birmingham News tomorrow morning. So I, I, I think what they say is interesting. And I also think what they say is true because it's hard to make up stuff when you're talking to the media. I mean, they're not encouraged to do that either because then it just takes more more lies to cover the first set of them. So, um, you know, I think they do tell the truth, and, and I do think the quotes are important. I, I just would never take the quotes as some sort of scoop or inside scoop. Um, you know, so I don't really know. You know what, what they really feel, but I do know that they would make news if they announced that they like Bryce more than Mac. So take that into account. But secondly, quarterbacks I mean, wide receivers are going to want the quarterback to play that can get them the ball. And I think Mac proved last year against Michigan and Auburn that he can get Waddle the ball, he can get Devontae the ball. So it's sort of proven in the game. So I doubt that it's a huge issue on the team. Just like I don't think the two a Jalen thing was a huge issue on the team. If it was, it certainly didn't manifest itself in poor play on the field because we're winning every week by a lot of points. So if there was a two-a-Jalen division on the team that affected the locker room, you'd never know it from the scoreboards. And uh and that's kind of how I feel this way around. Some of the kids may have a preference. Um, you know, whether you're the starting receivers or whether it's deeper down the roster, some kids may have a preference. And that's fine, but uh, I I bet it it doesn't tear up the locker room or show up on the school board.
0: Meanwhile, just some breaking news. Uh, Walt Maddox uh, has announced that uh, in the city of Tuscaloosa, there's an executive order effective at 5 p.m. today. Uh, They'll close the bars in the city of Tuscaloosa and eliminate bar service at restaurants. Uh, This order will expire on September 8th. So that's two weeks Uh, without bars being open, which is just, uh, and look, I guess it has to be done because Tuscaloosa was experiencing a spike. I get that. I understand that. It doesn't take away from the fact that it is going to be extremely crippling to a lot more businesses. I can tell you, Jimmy, Justin, and the business I'm in, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it right now because I mean, I wasn't feeling it a couple of weeks ago because a lot of our things were, you know, still going on. We have some big projects. I'm getting no little projects and I need the little projects. And um, it's, it's becoming a thing, man. I I, well, I understand all of it. I, un- right. I understand, but these two things can coexist where you understand what people are doing at the same time, you realize the devastation economically it causes.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it's crippling. And uh, a couple of things I, I feel for everyone. I've had a downturn myself uh, all year in terms of, you know, people just aren't spending their free money on lawyers because they're worried about money and their jobs and food and everything else. So it's been a down year uh, for me as well. But uh, it's a global. Hey, Jimmy, pandemic. it's a lot
0: easier. It's a lot easier to put up with uh, a spouse you don't like when you don't have any money, right? Yeah,
1: that's basically, what's going on? Apparently, that divorce. That's basically, that what divorce happens.
0: seems a lot, a hell of a lot more expensive.
1: <laughs> that is exactly what is uh, what is happening. But you know, it's a global pandemic. Uh, I, I knew nothing about global pandemics before this one. first one I've been in wasn't around in 1918, but uh, I would have, you could have easily told me the day that I was told, Hey, we have a global pandemic on our hands so that you could, have, I could have told you that day and I'm no economics major that, well, this is going to lead to a global recession <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it has, And <laughs> it's just, that's just going to go hand in hand. And you know, the thing about the bars and I'm a big fan of bars, by the way, as a matter of fact, I'm a big fan of bars in Tuscaloosa. So, I'm, a, I'm very hurt by this, but I also realize that when you go to the doctor and you test positive for COVID, the doctors have questions for you about where you have been and where you likely got it as they attempt to contact Trace. It, it makes 100% sense to me that if Walt Maddox is issuing this order, it is because they have evidence that a significant number of people in Tuscaloosa who are testing positive likely Caught the virus at a bar, and that's why they're doing this. I don't think they're just like, hey, let's pick on the bars. I think there is likely evidence that people who are testing positive most likely contracted the virus at bars, and that's why they're shutting it down. If everybody was contracting the virus at the post office, they would shut that down. Uh, if they were contracting the virus at you know, at Publix supermarkets, they would shut that down. Um, hey, so
0: I like their chicken you know, fingers. but we be shutting down my Publix now.
1: <laughs> exactly, but there's no there's no segment of the economy that this is, this is fun for. And and I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're doing what's necessary and uh, or what they believe based on the evidence is necessary. So uh, we're just going to have to to live like this for a good while until the virus has a vaccine or a cure
0: uh, something else that's necessary is for us to take a break and when we come back I want to talk about some of the uh, former Alabama players and what they're doing in the NFL right now because the NFL season is creeping up on us so Jimmy uh, Drake Kirkpatrick uh, just signed with the Arizona Cardinals um, cool love the Cardinals. Now, yep. he, now he joins Kenyon Drake over there, uh, there D. Thompson. One? Deontay Thompson and Deontay I Thompson. Is the
1: That's right. Uh, off the top of my head, there may be others, but off the top of my head, it's uh it's Deontay Thompson and Drake, and now Drake Kirkpatrick.
0: Yep, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and you know, one thing that bums me out about this year is I normally am in a couple of different fantasy leagues, and everybody sort of decided not to do it this year just because I mean it's gonna be such a crapshoot about uh, you know the COVID stuff and, you know, games, will they be played? Won't they be played? And it's just, it's too much of a hassle to deal with, with those unknowns. And so I'm sort of bummed about that because I was looking forward to hopefully drafting uh, Kenyon Drake, but Drake Kirkpatrick joining the Cardinals. I'm glad his career is still uh, sailing right along. Meanwhile, one of the biggest surprises to me in the off season, Damian Harris has apparently moved up to RB1 for uh, New England. And that's crazy. yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, it's funny. We, we've been doing this podcast for a while. We also did Talking Tuscaloosa for a while. And um, each, each week where Damian Harris had a long run, it always seemed like he got caught at the two or one yard line, you know? Yeah. And we talked about that, and he, he lacks that breakaway speed. But number one, he does a lot of things really, really well. He's not – I wouldn't say he's great at any one thing, but he does a lot of things really well. And the second thing is – Right behind Mark Ingram, he's probably the biggest gump there is out there, and so I dig me some Damian Harris, and I hope he does get that starting role in New England.
1: He's in such a good spot for him. I think it's a great offense for him. I think it's a great personality fit for him, and he just feels like a Patriot back. It feels like the Patriots always have two or three guys who aren't going to be first-team all-pro. They won't be in the Pro Bowl, but they're effective. I mean, that's the word I think of when I think of a Patriot back in the last 10 or 12 years. They find effective backs, and, and, and that's exactly how I think Damian will be there. I'm really excited for him. A little weird that he will be in the backfield with Cam Newton and not Tom Brady. But, uh, hey, let's, let's, let's remember, I mean, t- taking away the things maybe Alabama fans don't like about Cam. Uh, this was the NFL MVP, and not too long ago, uh, he's still quite capable, and, uh, and maybe we'll have a big year.
0: Meanwhile, Jonah Williams is getting a lot of praise. You know, of course, he missed all of last year for the Bengals. And oddly he's enough, he'll be, be blocking for Joe Burrow now. But um, I'm looking right now at this article that came from um, SB Nation Cincinnati Jungle it says Jonah Williams reminds Bengals why he was a top pick. Um, and so he's, he's certainly showing out. Then uh, I, there's another article on ESPN. It just came out today um, about Jerry Judy and how well he's doing in Denver right now. Um, I mean, some of the veterans are really praising him, and one of the veterans that's praising him is, is Bronco safety Kareem Jackson, uh, who's, who's unbelievably in his 11th NFL season. Uh, probably, Holy crap! isn't that nuts? He was, I guess he was Sabin's. He was maybe the first guy to commit to Saban after Saban came to Alabama, right? I don't know if he was the
1: first, but he was in Saban's first recruiting class. He was in the 07 class, not the famous yeah. 08 class. And uh, if he had not committed to Alabama, this kid was on his way to Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he was a lightly recruited, great evaluation that was turned into a great defensive back at Alabama that went pro. And we were like, boy, why is he going pro? That, that, that doesn't feel right and then he uh then he gets drafted higher than anyone thinks and, and he's had an incredible career per anyone's definition uh Kareem's a heck of a story jerry judy clearly is to the surprise of no one is going to be a star player in the nfl looks like he went to a good place too um you know drew Locke's probably not an all pro guy but but drew Locke is a good player and uh And they have a good receiving core there. I think they're a good dark horse team, frankly, because defensively we know the Broncos are good. So all good stories. Jonah Williams. You know, one thing that Alabama fans might not realize about these players, you said Jonah's going to be blocking for Joe Burrow. Maybe everyone's reaction is because Jonah was at Alabama and Burrow was at LSU, they show up and they just sort of sneer at each other and and aren't friends. (laughs) It's actually the complete opposite. I think these SEC guys – you know, they know each other and they've played against each other and it's a it's a it's face they know. And you can bet that when Burrow went into that locker room, Jonah's one of the guys that introduced them. there's a kin in other words, there's a kinship, not a rivalry. It's a kinship that they play in the SEC, not a oh, you suck, you played LSU. No, no, it's a, it's a kinship among the SEC players, I'm certain in almost every case.
0: Uh AJ Bowie, who's also a cornerback for the Broncos, says when I watched Jerry Judy, he kinda reminds me of Amari Cooper when he was in Oakland with how he's running his routes, especially when guys are playing off. Like I've said, that this that stem, the stems that he showed, leverage and how he attacks everything. He gets your feet to stop and that's when it's over. I like seeing things like that. Um so yeah, that's wow. that's pretty high praise. Wow. Um yeah, AJ
1: Bowie's a heck of a player.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm Really looking forward to seeing Jerry Judy kick butt. I mean, again, Ruggs was drafted higher. I get it. I think Ruggs is perfect for Oakland. And Ruggs is apparently doing really well there, too. Uh, but I'm glad to see Jerry Judy getting a lot of praise. Meanwhile, I, I too- saw an
1: article. Yeah, I saw an article this weekend with the Jets lamenting about how terrible their wide receiver core is and that Sam Darnold just has no help outside. I'm like, you could have drafted Jerry Judy. You had yeah, Judy. You know, they chose an offensive tackle, and who's a, a, a great prospect. I'm not saying Mikai Becton isn't worthy of being drafted yeah. in that spot, but but no, well they the Jets could have had their pick at wide receiver and they could have taken Judy Heck, take C D Lamb, you know, but they yeah. they did they, they didn't. Take hey, Ruggs. Rugs was available when the Jets picked correct. Becton, uh, oh. The Jets picked one spot ahead of the Raiders and they went Becton and the Raiders went rugs, and now you got history.
0: Um, and finally, Tua, you know, bought a new house in South Beach, and it's pretty lovely. And he's getting sort of a mixed bag of reviews right now. But you know, that's to be expected. Um, I think Ron Fitzpatrick, <clears throat> Ron, Fett, something happened with him recently, so it's looking like it's going to be the Tua show, probably pretty early on um in Miami and what I'm looking forward to Jimmy I want to get some of the locked on guys from the Broncos from the Dolphins locked on Raiders whatever have them on here and talk about how some of these Alabama rookies are doing we'll do that uh, in a podcast coming up shortly
1: heck yeah there's a lot to talk about even a lot to be excited about and uh you know the thing I would want to say in closing is is you know as of right now football's on and it's not awesome football yet. We still have a little bit of a wait before we get Alabama, Missouri. But this Saturday, I mean, this Saturday's upcoming Saturday, there are no more weekends with no football. Uh, this past weekend, in fact, we had a high school football. But this upcoming weekend, there's football on TV. ESPN platforms will be showing several high school games from all over the country, including some games or at least one or two from Alabama that will be uh, featured. So you'll see a lot of Alabama prospects on TV this Saturday. Saturday night is Central Arkansas versus Austin Peay, which is college football being played on your televisions. That's on ESPN Saturday at 8. The following Thursday, almost the real kickoff of the college football season in a game that normally would interest no one except me. The college football season will kick off on ESPN that Thursday night before Labor Day, South Alabama at Southern Miss looks like the game of the night. And, uh, again, while it's, it's not the SEC, it's not teams that will be jockeying for playoff position, it's a ton of local kids. It's some kids with Alabama connections. Uh, I, I just know from South Alabama, how about these, these connections? Riley Cole is probably the best player on South Alabama's team this year. He was committed to Alabama at one point. Sean Jennings, the younger brother of Anthony Jennings, should be playing a big role for the Jags. Gerald Wallace's son – is a defensive back, uh, or, you know, he plays defense for for South Alabama. Uh, So, there there are uh, a lot of uh, Alabama connections all over that uh, Jags team, and I'm sure Southern Miss has a handful of kids from Alabama as well. Oh, and their quarterback, Jack Abraham, a good quarterback for Southern Miss. Jack Abraham is uh, one of our QB country guys.
0: Cool, man. Well, uh, all right, Jimmy, that'll do it for this episode. We will be back hopefully tomorrow with another episode, so uh, stay with us on Locked on Bama and Roll Tide.
1: Roll Tide.